Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's good, Internet? Welcome to our second episode in our Waypoint 101 of Red Dead Redemption 1. To be clear, this is Red Dead Redemption 1. Uh, last time, we covered the opening of the game, uh, going from the start of the game, when John Marston is uh, hired by the, the sort of FBI stand-in in this game to go after his old gang. Uh, and we, we played through the first act uh, up until the point where he goes to Mexico because the members of the gang he was hunting, notably Bill Williamson, have, have retreated down into Mexico where he has theoretically found uh, some sort of home with Javier Escuela, one of the other members of John's old gang, the, the, the Dutch Vanderland gang. Uh, today we are covering the remainder of that game. and then no, we're I know, gonna... we're doing two episodes on Mexico. Two epi- uh, yeah, a two, deep dive into Mexico. A deep dive into Mexico. Uh, Three episodes on Mexico. Two episodes don't. on Mexico plus a bonus on side stuff only in Mexico. <laughs> We're doing the collectibles. Uh, we want you know see how many yeah. uh, plants do you find? Do you look? Are there collect? Do you find plants in that one? I can't there are, remember. There are plants yeah, in that game. There's uh, herbs. The herbs, you get that herb, um, <laughs> and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about the, the epilogue of the game, and then and then we're also gonna check in on Undead Nightmare, a game that I had not played previously and, and put some time into yesterday, and am eager to talk about. Uh, sadly, it is a day after Halloween when we're recording this, so we missed our Undead Nightmare. It's okay. Today's All Souls Day. That's true. That's true. So I don't know Souls... how to I don't know how to tell my daughter it's not Halloween anymore because we spent the last month oh, building up to it. No. Doesn't have to not be Halloween. So, like, when we were walking uh, my, uh, uh, my dog this morning, um, she would look at the different houses and go, trick or treat. And I'm like, no. Like, no, uh, she's no. like, we're, like, princess dress? Like, trick or treat? And I'm like, like uh, once a year, so hmm? Trick or treat. And I'm like, this is mm. how This is how you end up, like, giving your child, like, the most boring status quo version of, like, American culture is it's super annoying to, like, have her be stuck on Halloween. So you're like... Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. Well, that's what I mean. I need to just punt to the now. next next holiday. To. I gotta just you start, have to. That's like, what you have to go do. to Costco. Like this is why they put. You know, now I understand why they put out the Christmas trees and Thanksgiving stuff early <laughs> is to help parents start hunting to the next holiday. No, it's gonna be Thanksgiving or Christmas soon. That's how you learn the months. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, speaking of months, boy, did it feel like just time was passing in Mexico in <laughs> Dead Redemption. Oh, uh, you know, I probably only got six hours into that thing. But, like, it sure felt like a year of my life. Um, this is a chapter that I think has a really bad reputation. I think a lot of people playing the game for the first time bounced off of it hard. Uh, and I think that's especially true if you try to... You know, I, I think even at the time, if you spent a lot of time in the first area and did a lot of the collectible stuff and tried to bring that kind of that slow, meandering pace into Mexico with you, it will not serve you well here. Um, Natalie, I think you played the most of this. Do you want to just set up the big picture plot stuff so people? <laughs> she's she's no. sighing as let's, yeah, rubbing, let's, rubbing like, her ca- eyes and caveat. Like Austin and I were in a meeting on Monday where we yeah. said, you know what? Like 
Mexico sucks. <laughs> I don't need to play any more of this game's mechanics. It's mostly like a narrative talk we're going to have. Let's just not... Just look at some gameplay focus videos. On undead, focus on Undead Nightmare. Yeah, make sure you see the epilogue so you uh-huh. just be in a good place. And Natalie, who was not feeling well or had a dog issue, was not in yeah, the meeting, and then nobody issue. told her to not play Mexico. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I just... We were in the middle of subterfuge still. It was a, My brain was other places, Natalie. <laughs> um, yeah, I fucking played Mexico. Uh, not a lot. Like, probably like a few hours in i'll tell you how far i got and then the first thing i want to say is fuck my game because (laughs) welcome to a new youtube channel fuck my game (laughs) my game fucks me question mark (laughs) question mark fuck my game Well, the, look, the, th- the thumbnail that we'll share on social media yeah. later would be the, the YouTube thumbnail for my game fucked me. So what happened? Mm-hmm. What, what happened? So after the last podcast we did, y'all were talking about this Mexico, this entry to Mexico where you get to listen to the fun <laughs> oh, right, song. I forgot about this. You get to listen to the fun song. You get to travel into Mexico. It's a good, you know, vibe. It's like the fucking Toro y Moi, whatever, playing over the fucking <laughs> loudspeaker. And I was like, all right, okay. So I get on this fucking raft where I, first of all, Mexico is just a shooting gallery the whole oh, yeah. time. Which is just it? It's not. It's not interesting. It's not interesting. I mean, it's you know, just not also, interesting. It's like a GPS thing went out that was like, "Yo, go shoot that one raft on the river." Like there are like forty people, forty-five people. You I had to, to do that mission like several times too because the Molotov cocktails kept oh, getting me, right. and it was so infuriating yeah. to just be like pew pew pew. It just it like that <coughs> that entire concept of gameplay is just not fucking interesting to me. Well, and, and it keeps just, going. Like that breaks my brain. That's so all of Mexico. much of Mexico is like, is like Gatling gun sequences, like like turret sequences, basically sniper over and over. sniper yes, sequences yes, where yes. you're just and it's just not. It's not. Hey, let's not forget the sequences where you decide to burn a village because someone who's like super shady in the army is like, we need you to do this for us. We'll help you probably. I like how how the houses conveniently have holes in them for you to throw the Molotov cocktails into because they're poor houses and yeah. they're crumbling apart mm-hmm. and they're just very convenient to throw them in. Just love that. Love, love that detail. Uh-huh. Okay. So, anyway, I finish the fucking infuriating raft mission. I g- get on my horse and I'm like, "I right, here it is. The, the, the moment. moment. Yeah. Give me that guitar. Do, 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 do. Nope. <laughs> what do you mean? My, no. gu- my, my guitar. My game was slowly like. Slowly weaves. Mm. My game slowly weaves right here on YouTube. <laughs> my game was like, mm, actually, you're going to just listen to the really bad Mexican version of oh, the, no. the, like, whatever the top place is called chola springs that whole area new mexico what yeah. is it new austin new austin is the new, new place, austin yeah. you're just gonna listen to that but the mexican version <laughs> the song didn't fire for you at all 
did not fire. And I was like, all right, so like maybe you have to wait till like the next mission. No. And so I kept no. playing. The moment has Mission passed. after mission. I was like, okay, one of these. Because you saw the video. These... We talked about it last time. I know. Right? I watched yeah, the video. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched the video. And I was like, well, maybe it's like when you do, I don't know, maybe like it'll just trigger later. God damn. Never happened. So yeah. I was already cursed. In my all, version of the I... game, Jimmy Buffett's cover of James Taylor's Mexico uh, <laughs> began to play. And I thought it was well, totally Margarita weird, came out, but it kind of was in my hand. It. Experimental, you know? Anyway, so basically you go to Mexico and you meet up with um, you you meet up with Landon Ricketts. Yeah. Who I would I would like to quote really quickly. Please. <laughs> as saying something very interesting where he says, uh, he's like he's like left he was like a famed gunslinger uh in in new austin and he moves to mexico um for probably running out the law or whatever like you do like you do and (laughs) there's this one mission you do this mission with ricketts to protect this town from like rebels or something and after the end of the mission you like save you you save this girl that ricketts has become like very friendly with um louisa yeah and Ricketts says to you, I am the savior of this town. They've been beaten down so for so long, I give them some hope. And I was like, word? Yeah. So this is going to be Mexico. It and only gets l- worse, right? And it only gets so, so, so much worse. So you end up, uh, he points you to uh, this government official, um, not Allende, who's DeSantos. Yeah, it sounds that sounds right. for him, like who's that, his yeah. like right hand man. Um, so you start working with him to because they have information on Javier and Bill's whereabouts. Um, so you work with them to basically counteract the rebel movement, which we never and, really get a great picture of what the rebellion is about outside of no, like, outside of like they want freedom. They don't know what freedom is. They don't know that we are trying to take care of them like they're stupid and poor and like they're misguided, basically. It is like animals. such a deeply cynical image of political revolution. Um, well, all the way. Okay. Through. Uh, all right. Yeah. Let's talk for a minute about Rockstar's like. Oh, yeah. Deeply cynical libertarianism. Oh, yeah. Please. Because uh, like Mexico, I think, is really where it like is driven home that these are games made by like deeply conservative people who are fundamentally suits at heart We're, and they've convinced themselves that's the thing that, we have, i have no idea what their brain is but we can talk about what their action what their work portrays do you know what i mean like i don't because they don't actually talk they about could their be like, the get out people who are like we voted for obama twice you know what i mean yeah right but like, or, or like it's differently they're like this like the south park dudes right and like who have talked about their politics but also like demonstrated actively through their like shitty libertarian work well yeah like but I, I think their their work. This is a through line that goes beyond this game. Totally. Though. Like like this yeah, is a sure. through line in Rockstar's work enough that like I begin to think I understand the worldview of Rockstar and the Housers a little bit through these. Mm. And in Mexico, it starts to become really clear like what this game is saying. Uh, and I think it's something that should inform other readings of of their of their other games. Uh, but like. So we talked a little bit in the, in the last episode that they're like fundamentally transgressive insight is that America is hypocritical. Right. Uh, there's this like mm-hmm. 
really it's like the perspective like of a deeply parochial british boar uh where like they laugh at the dim-wittedness the crudeness the gullibility yeah. of average americans uh it seems like it's kind of this place of, like massive ex-imperial inferiority complex uh and it's trying to pass off like resentments as critique um but <coughs> when you get to mexico uh you you start to get a sense of how they view like average people right like oh, yeah. in, you know, in the previous game, their view of, like, humble, normal, salt-of-the-earth types is the McFarlands, right? A father-daughter team of cattle barons on an estate packed with workers, uh, subsidiaries. But noble, when they get... Noble they, who are, like, you little know? lords. Right, yeah, totally. Like, they are, like... Yes. They are, they are the lords of the... like. And, and the, the people who era. work for them are framed as being like, oh, yeah, they're working a good day's work. You work for the McFarlands, that's a good day's work. Not like the people who are sleeping in town. And then when you get to Mexico, yeah. not like the people who want to overturn everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when you get to Mexico, like you see how little this game has ever thought about Mexicans. Uh, like the the revolutionary leader you fall in with, uh, Abraham Reyes. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about, <laughs> I, said, I said before the show that like everything I need to know about Mexico, I, I, I learned from Cheech and Chong is basically this game's <coughs> perspective. And I think it was Reyes more than anything that sort of convinced yeah. me of that. Because he's like every stereotype of like that Americans have about Mexicans, but also crossed with t- classic tin pot dictator stuff, phony mm-hmm. guerrilla leaders. Uh, he's a complete fraud. He's a hypocrite, and he's leading a popular revolt against a tyrant. Hold on, what's the tyrant's name? Uh, Allende, which is a common enough name. Which they said they pronounce it Allende. I Christ. just want to say. I just want to say. <laughs> so for the first few times he's introduced, it's Allende, and then somewhere along the line they switch it to Allende, note, and we're like, uh, whoops. We- <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, so, like, it's a common enough name, but it's also, like, the name of a leftist leader famously deposed in right. a U.S.-backed coup. And this Allende is this huge piece of shit. Uh, Reyes is an even bigger piece of shit. And he doesn't, like, he's leading this popular revolt. He doesn't care about the populace. Uh, he's really deeply cynical at every turn. He's trying to seize power for himself. And he's going to be as bad as the person he's replacing that is that is what is going to happen with this character and what all this reveals is that like rockstar doesn't think anything about little people like little people for them are like gentry but like if you're if you're just a laborer if you're just a person like you don't count you're just you you know this is a game that would absolutely agree that if god did not want them sheared he would not have made them sheep <laughs> right well like the thing here too is I think the, the one of the big takeaways, I mean, so the part of the libertarian, you know, uh, through line here is about self-sufficiency and about having your own and about like, you know what, you can't count on leaders, you can't count on governments, you can't count on rebellions, you can't count on anybody but you and yours to take care of you and yours. And yeah. there's this very light through line of like noblesse oblige, like, and if you have yours, you better take, you have to take care of the little people because they can't take care of themselves. And that is the McFarlane's and that is uh, uh, John's line at the end to, uh, to Reyes, which is like, remember when you get power to remember why you wanted it in the first place. Moving on. Uh, and that is like the, the, even the course from the later stuff around uh, the way Dutch is, is brought up eventually, which, which we'll get to. But like, that is the closest thing to a moral center this game has. And even that is shot through with holes because outside of the McFarlands, you never see anyone who is who is like 
who is written as a character you would like to spend time with, who has mm-hmm. power. And I'm skeptical of that that presentation because, like, as we've talked about, like, they're basically, like, mega farmers compared to everyone else in New they Austin. They have a general store in their <laughs> yeah, in fucking their yeah. ranch. Totally, what? Totally. So it's, it and is, a train station. And a train station, you know. So it's a it's a seat of commerce, Natalie. Um, and yeah, like uh, on top of this, like I, I just think that as a collection of missions and as a collection of things to do, Mexico just drags and drags and shows the like incredible limit of verbs that you have in this game. Uh, it's just like shoot, like you said, shootout after shootout. Uh, there are sequences where you are where you are like charging into fortresses, but it's it's the same stuff over and over again. Natalie, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the most infuriating things about Mexico is how much it drags on, but with little time spent in one place. Yeah. You move you move from place to place to place to place. Each mission mm. goes so quickly. And like things are happening in in every sequence of Mexico that should make you take pause. Like real when you um when you uh pillage that that town you like uh you and the the government official or the gov- the like uh militia take a bunch of girls from the town right. to for allende to be you know uh his concubines and john sees these girls and he's like hey, he he is this such a weird proxy <sighs> for the player in the sense that he will say his moral compass is like Hey, that's not cool. But I'm going to move on. You like, know what? Got to go yeah, after Bill like he, Williamson. He continues he continues to work for yeah. them and he will like express disdain for bad acts around him, but realistically, he's got an end goal. You're going to continue the player's going to continue playing the game. That's it. And that it's such a weird treatment of this place to be constantly shifting yeah. and constantly making like one one line remarks or one line reflections about the place itself and then just moving on well and just the thing that is really frustrating and disappointing here is this whole portrayal of mexico as this place of competing strong men uh all basically criminals um that's consistent maybe like with the machismo with... olympics <laughs> like it's yeah, and it's consistent maybe a little bit with like these uh, like spaghetti westerns that this game is heavily drawing from uh, that, that sort of like portray that kind of world. But I think the thing that's really frustrating here is that Mexico is really involved in complicated revolutionary yeah. politics during this time, and like mm-hmm. you don't have to go far to find interesting conflicts about like worldview and what's this country going to look like when all this is over. Uh, this is a time where you have like you know some really early like leftist armed revolts about land reform uh in mexico uh versus more like uh you know north america like american or- oriented uh leadership and this game flattens all of that and what it is instead is just you know an endless train of slovenly scumbags uh-huh. all trying to fleece 
fleece their movements. All arranged around um, a train you're riding with a Gatling gun to shoot them down eventually. My God, it's one scene. It's just one scene in Outlaw Josie Wales. The Gatling gun happens when one fucking scene, it's you everywhere. don't make an entire fucking game about it. It's Jesus. Mad. It's, you know, different time in games for the turret sequence. The turret sequence was such a thing a decade yeah. ago. Uh, and I, um, the, the other thing that I think is definitely interesting for me about revisiting this is that when I think about when I played this game originally, I did all of the hunting stuff. I got I unlocked all of the outfits. I did all of the gang hideouts. And so the pacing was not so compressed. It was not turret sequence, then jump to fortress, you know, uh, uh, assault, jump to turret sequence. Mm-hmm. It was turret sequence. And I was like, man, it, this, this actually responds to what, what you're talking about, Natalie, which is like, I did spend a lot of time in those areas doing all of the side stuff because if I because it did feel like oh I'm at this new place I want to like dig in here time this, to do the ten things on the map that's that are around, around me here. after I finish the mission which is just a change in partially a change in game design which is that games I think about this with with uh, Red Dead Two a lot so you know we we did a podcast about it I just finished writing a piece about it that's a game that encourages you to stick around camp a lot it encourages you to like go mm-hmm. out hunting and doing all that stuff in ways that are not just the kind of Far Cry three forward model of if you kill five deer you get a bigger holster. <laughs> Or whatever yeah um like they have to be good right and like it has uh, to be like, like you have to pay attention it, it wants you to pay attention and in red dead 2 yeah. it convinces you to pay attention red dead 1 doesn't yeah. even have the far cry new new you know uh holster thing and so it's just co- it's just collectible it's just collectible go do it because it's a checkbox and at the time there was something about that world that just worked for me in such a way that i was like yeah i'm gonna collect i'm gonna find that like legendary yeah I did, I did everything uh, like I, I i was 100 with you like i was taken by the world in a way that is like it's so difficult to it's hard to understand even that view because I'm so separated yeah. from it. Like, I want to talk to that person. Like, I want to talk to me. Like, what was it about this world? Like, obviously, it you know, it was – we've made leaps technologically in terms of what we understand from open worlds. But just – I don't know what the compelling part was. It's a great gut necessarily Because yes. it's a reminder that things that wow us, that spectacle and, and scope and scale, all these things that – can can wow us in the moment and and I, I think it's honest to be wowed by some of this stuff I, there's a bit yeah. in this piece I wrote about Red Dead that should go up tomorrow or today or something uh, that, in which I say like it's not time to talk about the lighting yet but we should talk about the lighting because the lighting is incredible in Red Dead too. Yeah. 10 years from now I suspect I will be like yeah I, I remember this game's lighting being a little bit better you know um, it's like mm-hmm. the way it bounces off the water is not nearly as impressive as I, sure. as I thought it was. I think it's important. Bo- bodies sink into the mud so much more right. realistically We're... here in 2024. <laughs> exactly. It, there is there is something important about registering those immediate responses, like t- thinking about games in the past. Think about the way Doom moved for the first time that you saw Doom move when you were 10, Patrick, or, or you know, thinking about well, it's, where, it's where technology masks like gameplay deficiencies totally. in a way. That's pro- that's probably like what is at the root of this is which like the sheer technological spectacle of Red Dead Redemption 2, or Red Dead, the original Red Dead, combined with an environment I had never explored right. before in a video game. Like, that's a very key component to this, is, like, just game... Like, westerns are not a prolific setting in genre in video games. Like, before Red Dead and after Red Dead. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. there Call was a big... Call of War Call of War as Gunslinger was a good yeah, game. Yeah, sure. Oh, that's um, a great game. Yeah. Um, I mean, this um, is this is 2008, right? Like, it's it's a, right. less than a year after the first Assassin's Creed. The modern right. era of everyone making big open world games in various settings had not hit yet. It was up for grabs yeah. in a way yeah, yeah, that, yeah. like, 
uh, it, it, you know, there was a, a sort of a gold rush sort of after Grand Theft Auto three, and then there was this next pivot that was around like that Assassin's Creed Red Dead Redemption um, turn. Right. That yeah, it was just like the worlds were the worlds were enough the fact that it was a big open space with not much to do was enough and like i think that's what makes the veil drop so mm-hmm. harshly on returning to it is like ah like there actually wasn't a whole lot here other than a bunch of shitty monologuing right like yeah, it's just a bunch of like sure paper thin characters just saying things that sound impressive that did sound impressive to me in 2008 because I didn't know any better. Because like if someone talks long enough with decent voice acting and the motion capture, or I guess it, I don't even know, it was probably early motion capture. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But either way, it looked good enough that I was like, "Dang, this is cinematic." And it's when you use that term, uh, like right, like everyone was using yes, that term, like because it was enough that it was like, "Wow, this is enough like a Hollywood movie that I'm willing to he, eat its bullshit." He used a, in a metaphor, way that, and there was a wide shot. Yeah, right. Because. Yeah. There was enough back I then. Know, totally. Natalie and then Rob. That just feels so at, like the the this game and from what I've played of Red Dead 2 as well just feels so at odd with the philosophy of open world games in terms of reaction interactivity uh uh, uh malleability mm-hmm. Um, seeing the world reflected in in your play and 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 seeing your play reflected in the world, I just don't have and I and I know Red Dead is early. Or two, you mean? Um, or, or oh, Red Dead. No, the, the first, first one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one is early. I know it's early. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that anything was doing that stuff outside of when we talk about op- when we talk about open world games. We tend to be mean. We tend to mean games like. Red Dead and GTA and Assassin's Creed, third-person action well, open I, world games. But, but what you're talking about is more like Deus Ex. It's more like yeah, you know. I'm thinking of of like the uh, Elder Scrolls. Right. Um, uh, what was the first one? I mean, the, uh, Oblivion. The, the, one. The, the big, the one that people jumped on for like me was Morrowind. Uh, but I'm talking about Daggerfall or Arena. Daggerfall, yeah. Arena. Yeah. Like in and those are like conceptions of open world games where you have. Freedom, flexibility, to move, explore, and you are just so gated mm. in in Red Dead in a way that is so supremely like being in a mission, being right. in in a in a mission, and I I have an objective. I know it's like pressing, but I want to walk around and loot, or I want to go check out the houses and see if there's any uh, treasure chests inside them or whatever, and just either you know, getting called like, hey, come back, come back. That's fine. But failing a mission yeah. because I've like walked too far away or I, I like waited too long to meet up with, with uh, the fucking marshal or whatever. Like that is so, so frustrating. And, and it punishes like my curiosity in, in, in a way that makes me not want to continue being curious. This is one of the reasons why like, I, the first Assassin's Creed, I think, is, like, so interesting and is going to... Cons- well, I don't know. I should go back at some point and play that, but, like, that was a game where it was almost all systems-driven. There was obviously writing for, for key things. There was lots of writing in the Extremely game. Extremely polarizing. Very polarizing. People either loved it or, like, fucking Because it was very repetitive, it. but, like, I'll, I'll drop the thing and then move quick, is your targets were just in the world and you gathered information on where they were and how you could get to them. And then you, you could kill them. Um, and you were just in the world. There wasn't, you didn't go into a mission to go kill them. And even that felt 
that felt so weird at the time because if you came up on the GTA style thing, you're, it was exactly what you were talking about, Natalie, which is like when you're in a the 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 open world closes when you're in a mission. Right, you go yeah. into a mission and it's like, no, I'm on this thing. This is the only thing I can do. Yeah. And there are a million fail states, including many that are really boring because you could add ways to address that fail state that would have been really interesting. Oh, you lose sight of somebody. Well, now you have to go get more information and find them, you know, or, or, or whatever it mm-hmm. is. If you if you're tailing someone, for instance, um, and and there's none of that. It is just exactly what you said. Like, don't keep up with somebody, you fail. You shoot the wrong person, you fail. You Which is very easy to oh, do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, Rob, what were you going to say? My thing is basically about how Mexico's rice start to really get confused about why Rockstar ended up telling the story of Red Dead in this yeah. order. Uh, so if there was another thing you wanted to hit about Mexico, because like, this is more of a meta point about this. No, I think we should probably Red move Dead. on to the rest of the game at this point anyway. So I think that okay. that's, that's fine. So, I think Mexico is where I really start to get frustrated with um, the entire conceit of this game is that John Marston is coming to hunt down Bill Williamson. Yeah. Bill, you were as a brother to me. <laughs> and I don't ever get, like, he says that, but I don't feel it. I never feel in this yeah. game that these guys were ever anything to each other. <clears throat> and I don't really feel that way with Javier, either. Like, no. There are relationships You mean, like, the conversation to... in the closet that you have for 30 seconds? Like... There's yeah. not much characterization there. Right. And so this entire game is about like, ah, these are, you know, these are the figures of John Marston's past. He is a man haunted by his past and its compromises. And if this whole game is sort of framed as this attempt at being like this elegiac uh, closing of the West, the death of the Wild mm-hmm. West story, um, then these encounters are supposed to be carrying the weight of that. That like... Uh, these are men who rode together, who fought together, who were friends, supposedly, and now find themselves on the opposite side of things. This game never sells you on any of that. And it wasn't until, like, I'm playing, I'm starting, I'm playing Red Dead 2 now. And I'm starting to see these characters yeah. as, like, major characters in Red Dead 2. And I'm starting to think, like, oh, I yeah. get it now. Like, like, Javier was, like, he was your friend back in the old days, right? Like, okay, yeah, Bill was always a fuck-up piece of shit. Yeah, uh, but doesn't know how to like, fucking work a work a plunger for the life of him. I swear. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, but so this is like where this entire thing begins to get confusing to me is like, was there a story bible for the Red Dead universe that right. existed, and they just like episode four new hope to this, and <laughs> we're like, okay, this is the part where John Marston's sins come back to haunt him, and they just skipped over this middle chapter that became Red Dead Two. Uh, I don't know. It really confuses me, but the thing that is frustrating here is it's not until Red Dead 2 that I begin to understand why any of this would Fucking have matters. any kind of, like... I, you know, I, I think the, this is about a context thing. I One, I don't know that they could have... They could not have made... They could not have written Red Dead 2 at the time that they wrote Red Dead 1. And I want to be clear, I have issues with Red Dead 2's writing. Uh, I also am in the camp of thinking it is vastly improved from the last... Oh, yeah. 15 years of Rockstar writing that they've slowly, slowly been training themselves to write more than just caricature. And specifically, Rockstar as a, as a studio and, and the Housers as writers and whoever else has helped on the, the writing team over the years has, th- through, through up until now in Red Dead 2 and even throughout Red Dead 2, I think especially with the Stranger missions in Red Dead 2, they think that referencing an archetype or a movie or a piece of, of, of kind of popular culture, you know, knowledge is enough setup for the character so you don't need 
to show that Billy Williamson was a brother to John Marston. You just need Billy Williamson to look like the way brothers look in westerns. A little a little overweight, a beard, kind of a schlub, and that's enough. Like, all oh, right, this was John Marston was like the hero and then Bill Williamson was his like go-to guy. Like that's all you need. You don't need to know who Javier Escuela was. You just need him to be a little you just need him to yell puto a lot and that's enough for for the rock star of 2008 to characterize him because what they think they're doing, and this is what they do with, with all the GTA games through that point, including four was like intro. Or I think maybe four is where they start to do a little bit better. Um, is it, is it the, instead of having a character with a backstory and, and an arc, what they do is they pull something from a movie that they like and assume that you, the player or, or a pop culture figure in real, in the real world brings in that backstory and fills in that gap enough and also, they just don't care, right? Like, it's mostly for laughs at that point. I think GTA 4 and Red Dead represent them starting the path to, to change that. And it's why, like, when you think about GTA 4, there are a handful of standout characters who have really great moments, like Playboy X and, like, Roman. But, like, even through that game, and especially through this game, I think, no one is given the space or time to develop. No one is given the, the focus to be a character on the screen for more than, you know an hour of screen time or or if they are it's like the feds maybe like i think wilbert ross probably gets the most consecutive amount of characterization ending with that big fucking speech that that patrick was gesturing towards before the big monologue i mean i guess dutch also does that stuff too right but but yeah so i think that's my answer for that is like they couldn't have made that game i don't I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there was a, always a Red Dead story bible out there somewhere. If there is, I'd be curious to see it. Obviously, um, but but it reads to me like Red Dead Two is backfill. Red Dead One is like we could set up these questions and then later we'll fill them in because it's not that it's not that hard to work backwards from there once was a gang and it all fell apart. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so I guess you leave Mexico, right? You you turn in Javier. You can you not kill Bill Williamson? Can you capture Bill? I don't think so. I don't I think you have to kill him. I don't because he's executed by. Uh, it's, it's not you, right? Well, Reyes, right, right, right. You just you just kill both of them, like you can in the street. Reyes kill. It's the whatever the it's it's uh, what was the the, the previous leader? Santos. No, the previous like head Allende? dude Allende is like holding Bill Bill Williamson by the like the neck with his boot, and it's like a moment where you decide: do you shoot him or do you let? Do you let Reyes kill him or whatever? Um, oh. And then you move on. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter. You move on. You end up going to West Elizabeth, and the feds who are who have been kind of putting you on this mission since the jump let you know that you still aren't ready to go back to see your wife and kid who have been held somewhere. In fact, they've heard that Dutch Vanderland himself has reappeared nearby, co- coincidentally near their headquarters, uh, and he has he has shown up as part of a. Uh, a group, uh, a local Native American rebel group, it is fair to, I would say, characterize as their leader. Thank God Dutch is here. Thank God Dutch is here. Dutch ends up being this kind of Kurtz-like figure uh, who, you know, I think a lot of what they're playing with here is that, like, oh, he's fallen in with the locals. He's become a sort of, he's he's the noble he's I dare say he's gone bamboo. Yeah. Right, exactly. That is what they are yeah. playing with here. Um, and you end up doing a lot of work with a pretty sh- shifty and racist, like, anthropologist or something. Um, but you also see West Elizabeth, right? I think that is supposed to be this kind of big reveal uh, is you finally get to this town that is like there. Are, there's a car here. There's paved roads and there's there's lights. Um, 
I'm curious what, what y'all thought of the West Elizabeth stuff. I know, Patrick, you watched through most of those cutscenes, right? Yeah. What, what was your takeaway? Well, it was I was like scrubbing through like this like YouTube video that uh, was like all cutscenes with like minimal gameplay, uh, and it was like we're, I was trying to figure out like all right, I've got like an hour and change, so I just kind of lined up there and like immediately uh, like the first line of dialogue is this racist doctor be like savages, like this is the first line that like the YouTube video starts, and I'm like, oh <laughs> wow. I completely forgot about this arc of the game. How far? Uh, how which, far yeah. do we remove from the beginning of this game, which opened by trying to satirize the people who did that to the point where now it is just played for laughs? You know? Yeah, like yeah, you have this this doctor character who is essentially just like out here trying to to tame these savages, and like that seems to be a lot of the the, the, the missions that you're going on with him, like alongside you know, a, you know, a token Native American character who, like, well, he, he threatens that doctor and rolls his eyes, and, like, obviously this doctor is racist, so, like, that excuses, like, the constant racism that the doctor spouts, just by the fact that he, like, largely goes unchallenged in his views. He's just, like, well, he's, you know, he's, he's obviously crazy, so, you know, we'll just let him keep going. Yeah, but the one thing about the the racist grandma or whatever in the beginning is that she is like that conversation does is not one that you're a part of yeah. and so you you kind of sit there and you're like shaking your head mm-hmm. at it like ugh, like this is gross or whatever and then you're made to cooperate with that for like the second half of the game is yeah, like, I think, cooperating I think the, yeah. with people who are constantly like either racist or prejudiced classist whatever and in the beginning you can kind of you set it up where like uh i know better than these people and then you're made to kind of like uh well i haven't i have something that i have to get done so i'll just go along with it and i'll like say my one quip like uh you know I don't. Ugh. Not me. <laughs> All right then. Get yeah, on it's the like horse. This, is, this is like a, a deeply, uh, a deeply. I don't know much about that. <laughs> unintentional criticism of the idea that you could be kind of removed from from politics, right? Like, ah, uh, you know, I, I don't mess around with politics. I think even Marston says that soon after he gets to Mexico. He's like, I don't have much time for socialism. Uh, Nothing political about what I'm doing. Right, but hey, listen, you got to work with the races. So that's that's the way it goes. If if you're a libertarian farmer, you know, sometimes you just got to work with the racists, I guess. So I, I think for me, like something that is effective here is this really is where the game does start to sell you on this idea of yeah. like, oh shit, times are changing. Like, uh, like Dutch is running around with a machine pistol quite notably. <laughs> like he is clearly carrying a weapon that looks a lot more like it belongs to the 20th century mm-hmm. than it does to the 19th. Um, I mean, there's that whole car sequence, right? There's a car breaking down on you. There's the... Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the city there is, looks different. Totally, totally. Yeah. They, and also, this is where you get the speeches from Dutch and from Wilbur Ross. Ross is about the, the need for, for law and order, however hypocritical it may be. The, the, the way that law allows us to like our flowers without being shot, etc. And then Dutch's final kind of like... The, the entire sequence of being chased by, by Marston and all of the, like, we're more alike, you know, we're not so different, <laughs> you and so I, different. shit, um, that, that ends with the big final confrontation on top of the, the mountain. Um, yeah, I, I, how does that stuff work for you? Because for me, a lot of that feels 
that is where I can feel the Red Dead Redemption 1 story Bible bleed through. Like, I feel like so much of those two speeches is was written on day one or, or, or the ideas there. Like, this is what this game is about. But it isn't, because this is at hour 23 or, or 33 if you did a lot of the side stuff. This is not, like, those trends were not running through any of Mexico. They weren't running through most of the New Austin stuff. And suddenly what you have is, like, a, a lecture about about why civilization exists and John Marston going, like, you would say that, lawman, or whatever. And I'm not much of a learned man, but... And it's just, it's it's it feels uh, too little too late for me, for the, for the large part. Um, well, because it's contrasted with so many poorly written characters. I guess for me, like, this feels very much of a piece. Like, this, this is another reason why Mexico feels weirdly, like, just cut out from this game. This feels like it's of a piece with New Austin. Where, remember, it opens with, like, the train and the blessings of civilization are coming, but, oh, they might be bad. Right. Uh, and then, like, McFarlane, one of, like, Bonnie McFarlane's riding along with you on one of the missions. And she and Marston have this really sardonic, cynical exchange about, and we call that civilization. Yeah. I agree with you, Miss McFarlane. Uh, I guess I wouldn't call that progress, but them men back in Washington do. And, like... You know, it's just it's just that ad uh, inf- infinitum. Yeah. And then you get to this end game where you have Dutch, Dutch of all fucking people. Um, and actually, actually, Dutch is a good spokesman for this. It's just that they've also situated him against this backdrop of like indigenous people who could uh, actually like, provide it. Uh, we should note an anonymous indigenous people. There is no specific tribe mentioned, real or imagined. They are Native Americans. They are savages, right? Like, I don't remember any sequence where, like, oh, this is this local tribe. It's not even, like, a coalition of, of specific Native peoples. Like, it is just, these are Natives. The Natives, well, yeah. And I, and I think, God, this is such a fucking uh, knot. But, mm-hmm. so... Dutch is positioned as the spokesman for maintaining the wildness of the frontier, the mm-hmm. wildness of the country, the openness, uh, the anarchy. A man can be truly free out in the West, but they are, but they are, but civilization is closing in. And as we know, and as this game is driven in again and again, civilization, meaning government, is always bad and cynical and self-promoting. Uh, it's not going to. It, now, mind you, everything in this game might make you think that, hey, it seems like government could actually do quite a bit of good around here and maybe sort some of this shit out. But the Red Dead position is that the government, as represented by, like, Ross, for instance, is always self-promoting, is always cynical, um, is always a danger uh, to you. And a character like Dutch is out there fighting like, the last gasps of resistance to this, to this government. And in so doing, the game has also kind of co-opted the very different sort of... Dutch is absolutely 100% the type of person who would go squat on native land (laughs) and then scream for the government to come protect him when local tribes try to drive him out. Uh, Like that that is the part of the story that Red Dead seems completely oblivious to, and I'm curious if Red Dead 2 starts to get to it. it. There's a moment... The thing that's fucked up or weird is like there's a moment when you go to capture Escuela where... Marston seems like he gets this because he says, like, you know all that was an excuse so we could rob people. Like, all of Dutch's bullshit was a mask. It was a performance that dressed us up so that we were cool with robbing people all the time. And 
none of that shows up in this final confrontation, really, right? There's no, Marston is at a loss for words, and it, and, and I suspect if, you know, there's a version of this where he's at a loss for words because this is a father figure to him. This is someone who raised him. This is someone who taught him how to do all the things he wants to teach his own son to do. And it's about this emotional moment. And it's about this kind of like being overwhelmed by con- by confronting your past, and by confronting your father. And like, you know, the very classic macho storytelling mm-hmm. beat, right? It's like, ah. Oh. But, but here, the only reason we know that any of that stuff is like, well, I couldn't, he couldn't shoot him. And Wilbur Ross comes over and goes, you couldn't even do it, could you, you coward? And then he takes the gun and does it himself. And that's supposed to be like this big emotive moment. And again, when I think back to playing the game, like when I was a decade younger and when games were when, – when big AAA games were not doing many things in this space, oh, wow, it was so solemn when, when Dutch just – he gripped his chest and fell off the back of this cliff. Be- the attempt to say something was enough that you convinced yourself to fill in the gaps even if the game wasn't actually – Doing well, and then there's also just like, I think it's fascinating to think about the fact that if that is what they were trying to communicate, then going back to it now in an age when they could communicate it better through through facial animation, through an increased skill in their writing potential, like all of that stuff makes me grade this differently because there being a quiet moment on screen now is not that big of a deal. Games do it all the time. There are pregnant pauses all the time, and. So that big confrontation at the end that is built around this kind of big final pregnant pause, it, it falls flat for me because at the time it, it, it felt like it must have, I don't know, maybe it didn't. Maybe it fell flat for me then and I, I, you know, I don't have a note from what I loved about that game or not. But I can imagine responding positively to, oh, wow, such a solemn and, and melancholy scene, a final confrontation between father and son. And Oh, he doesn't shoot him. He, he That's doesn't shoot him. Every After other game, everything you'd else, shoot him. He loves his family so much. He killed so many people. The Gatling gun sequence. <laughs> but, he, but he doesn't shoot Dutch. Oh, I mean, fuck. That's well, never got Dutch. Game of the generator. If he had, if he had the Gatling gun at the end, he would have shot him. <laughs> Dragging it up the mountain. <laughs> Final. I got a couple bullets left, Dutch. I, it, it was sort of good. I didn't really buy Dutch throwing himself off the cliff, honestly. Like, it didn't. I, I don't I know could, that, like. I can see ahead. buying it. I think, I think seeing that sort of agency mm. in, a, in a non-playable character would have been like if I had played it or sure. if I had played it myself and gotten to that point with all the tension built up from playing it, whatever, but uh, or playing it at the time, seeing that sort of agency, seeing, seeing something taken out of your right. hands that was supposed to be yours or that had been built up to be your moment and then seeing it taken out of of your hands, I think would have been. Um, Every other time you pull the trigger, there's never a point where you don't get to yeah. pull the trigger. Basically, before that, right? Yeah, yeah, and I I agree with you on that. Like, but that's more of like a subversion of like player agency versus. Right. I think, like, what's been interesting about and informed a lot of my reaction to playing the game a second time has been how much I filled in gaps of like what I thought the game was doing when it actually wasn't doing those mm-hmm. things again. Like, like Reddit. Red, Redemption 2 is interesting to play because in so many ways it seems like a response to fill in narrative gaps that like like playing playing those games in parallel would be fascinating because it probably makes Red Dead Redemption 1 a more interesting work because all a lot of the stuff that you wanted to about like the relationships that these characters had just doesn't yeah. exist in the first one at all. The game does all sorts of emotional uh, it wants this big emotional payoff with none of the work of allowing you to get in. There's no even way to get invested. It's not like there's side quests you can go on where you can learn about 
what the relationships were like back then. It's just taken for granted that you should care that these people have a right. history. And that's why the mm-hmm. Dutch moment doesn't land for me on second reading is because, no, like, I, I don't have any understanding of their history. So why should I care about, like, the emotional beats right. that – that he's experiencing as Dutch throws himself off the cliff. Like I am getting that stuff in the, like the eight hours I've played a red devil Two, where I'm like, Oh, right. Like, of course, like this, this would seem fucked for, for him yeah. in this moment. But like, I don't have any of that in the original game. I just, again, because long monologues allow you to think the game is doing more characterization. Than it actually is. I just sort of forgot in the intervening. Yeah, there's years. a there's a. I had a side mission. I had a mission yesterday. I was playing the game. I got to like the third chapter, um, and after doing the mission, uh, it was a mission with Hosea and Dutch. Um, and you know, you're playing as Arthur Morgan. You're not playing as as John here, but Arthur and John are sort of sibling rivals for the affections of of Dutch in Red Dead Redemption Two. You know, Arthur is is kind of the first uh, person who who Dutch brought up as his, his kind of son figure uh and john is kind of the newer one there's there's a there's a bit pretty early on where where arthur says that you know i used to be i used to be the pretty the pretty young pony like you now i'm the old workhorse which has all sorts of connotations to it uh but there is there is something about that father-son relationship that still maps between the two and there's a moment after this mission where hosea and and dutch are like, do you want to go fishing right you kind of started as a fishing trip and the fishing trip goes bad and you get distracted and it's like well we can still go fishing and you do and then you just like go out onto the onto the lake and like you fish and hosea tells you stories about old fish fishing trips he's gone on and dutch tells you about you know ribs you about the time when when you said you were going to go out fishing and you came back with fish, but you did not get them from, from fishing. And there's this great back and forth and and really soft, quiet moments. And then you row home and they sing some really bad songs from the year 1900 that are deeply misogynistic uh, and have a good machismo, like deep male bonding moment. Um, and, and I could imagine a version of this. I could imagine if you play this game first, Going into Red Dead One, and again, it speaks to both what Patrick and Robin said before. Is like, yeah, this moment means something. The, the the Dutch finale means something if you've gone fishing with him before. But barring that, he's like such a sketch of a character that it's hard for me to really buy in. Um, last thoughts on yeah, Dutch? Like, yeah, Rob. Yeah, no, I mean, like for me, it wasn't until like it was a really kind of shocking moment as I started playing the opening of Red Dead Two, and it like finally clicked. Like, why anything in Red Dead One like mattered? Yeah made sense the first time you see the best and worst of Dutch really fast. Like, you know he's full of shit, but he's also charismatic. He's yeah. also very good at, like, selling you in this idea of, you know, we are living we're living our best lives out here. You know, we've got all God's creation out before us. What could be better than this? Right. And then you also have Arthur being like, is Dutch getting weirder? Yeah. Like, is this, like, this thing is starting to turn. There is a darkness to what is happening that is new and different. Uh, and he's like trans more like uh, he's like transforming into more of a abusive like cult like uh, figure, um, but none of that really is here. But I think the game is still way too kind to Dutch because, mm. and it, it, I think it does kind of endorse his sort of bullshit libertarianism because it ends with him making a prediction. Yeah, he tells you that they're going to hunt you down. He basically he predicts. In so many words, 
that you are going to be next on their target yeah. list because they always need to find another monster yep. so those government men can, you know, draw their pay stubs, which is basically a line straight out of a Reagan radio address. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> I listened to them, uh, a, lo- a lot of them. So he tried to turn me into a Republican when I was a teenager. Mm, it didn't say. work. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> so Dutch in his death is sort of, it's a weirdly elegiac ennobling moment. And he has proven to be right about one of the fundamental like uh, pivots in this game, one of the fundamental twists in this game. And so, like, where the game is going to leave you is like, what else was Dutch right about? And the right. answer is not much. Like, <laughs> Dutch is full of shit. But as far as the game like presenting stuff, the game is like that. Dutch though, he had a lot of good yeah. points, didn't he? Makes you think. Yeah, we're not so different. True. You and I. <laughs> Um, so Natalie, a thing that you said to us the other day was that your boyfriend spoiled the end of this game for you. He As did. we move forward, I'm curious, what, what did he tell you? He just said John dies. Okay, so you don't have any of the, do you know what happens after I do. West Elizabeth? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I watched um, the end. Okay. Good, um, good. I watched so, the end and I watched the epilogue, so I'm caught up. So we get another, we get another, like, uh, music moment here as John finally gets to ride home. To his his farm at Beecher's Hope. My gameplay uh, video skips over that. It's just oh Dutch, really? That's Dutch, a bummer. Dutch falls into a like, crack. <laughs> FBI man is like takes the shot, and it's just like John gets on his horse, like cut to farm. And I remember thinking, like, I thought there was like a thing that yeah. Happens. There's another song. There's another song that plays here. It's about like going. My compass only needs to point in the only one direction. Home. That's that's where my compass needs to point. I think it's fine. West it's good. Virginia. It's good More games should use. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord um i was thinking god more damn. edward sharp um, oh um, god yeah that's it i'm yeah. going home that, see, that's that's the indie god. that's the indie shit i was gonna need. say the yeah the from the creators of juno yeah. uh <laughs> red dead redemption that's this era too that would have been this exact uh-huh. era of 100%. indie filmmaking also 100 yeah, i remember like diablo juno at the time Co- too diablo that movie Cody's. is probably fucking weird now in a way that oh, i did not yeah. realize at the time oh, sure. oh yeah absolutely um so so you go home and then and this was this like blew my fucking mind a decade ago because i was like all right game over fountain i'm with my family now well, or like get... it's like oh i can just go do some the, yeah. i can still go do sweep up the missions the, but like, the stranger this is missions i'll finally go figure out what was up with that cannibal or whatever i'll finally yeah. figure out i'll finally finish the side mission where i think i'm working with death what were those the devil. american appetites oh those stranger missions yeah. Right. Yeah. The strange, the various stranger missions. Right. I'll help this guy try to build a, build a a plane, um, and uh, you but you go back and instead like you keep getting missions, and you you reunite with Abigail who is this like very, you know, uh, uh, foul mouthed feisty woman who like handles her business and whose son kind of thinks of her as being kind of. Uh, rough around the edges. Well, so, I mean, um, the, the, the game is like it. comes full circle essentially. Like yeah. you, you start with Bonnie, you end with Abigail, and they're they're both cut from a similar cloth. Yes, um, but Bonnie seems much get... more like self reliant and and educated and knows what she's talking about. And meanwhile, Jack is just constantly like, like, oh, mom, fuck off, Abigail, mom. you're you a don't, fuck up. You don't know <laughs> shit. You. Fucking dumb. I guess I'm gonna have to take care of books. this. Yeah, you don't yeah. read my fucking stupid books. That ring's pretty true, though. <laughs> to be honest, like think about how old Jack is. <laughs> so the yeah, so the you end up getting all these missions that are just like, all right, you have a farm now, you know, 
go go get those cows. Go teach your son how to shoot. Scare off those cattle rustlers. And it's just like also Uncle is there, by the way. You there's this character named Uncle who was also with the gang and who was just this like old drunk. He just drinks. Fuck up, who's just around, who helps you out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just get this, like, it's hours of this game. This final act just keeps going. Especially if you're continuing to do side stuff, if you're continuing to go hunting and try to get the, all the legendary animal pelts or whatever. It just goes and goes, and you're in this new new environment. Basically, you're up near the mountains. You're, you're up near, I think you're up near the Grizzlies, uh, which is like the Rockies of, of this world. And games don't do this like, at no. all, period. Like, games maybe have, like, a short or, epilogue or, or a cut scene, right? didn't. At the time, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah. in this era, like, games didn't... There were not playable epilogues. It's like, uh, you know, epilogues in games then were, you know, uh, CG stingers, like, in Final Fantasy X, where you get, like, a brief glimpse of, like, what the characters are up to afterwards. Like, you don't right. get this... Or maybe there's a brief victory lap, but it's not this. Like, this was, one like, the, a... Yeah, well, and one of the things that makes it so potent is that it... you I, I don't know if this is true for y'all, but, like... It was clear to me by hour two, or like by by minute ninety, I was like, "Oh, they're giving me this so they can take it away. <laughs> this is not just going to end on." And then it's Jack's eighteenth birthday, and he goes off to get his own farm. Like, no, this is going to go bad. This is going to break bad because this game believes what Dutch said is true. Um, and eventually, John sees them on the horizon. They don't say a word. They just show up. The army and the, the feds kind of just show up. I guess maybe it's just a federal operation. It's a lot of people, though. It's a lot. Um, yeah, because you kill a lot of people, and then there's a lot oh, of people yeah. outside that barn. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. You kill a lot of Red Dead Redemption. You kill a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> eventually, you're you're after after uh, saving Jack from a from a, a mountain lion attack or a bear attack. Bear. Bear. You you go home. You kind of. Give your big final speech to your family. And there's lots of these moments throughout this this final act. I think I'll, again, this writing and the Bonnie writing, and maybe even some of the early Landon Ricketts writing are all cut from the same cloth. In that, it's a lot of like John trying to figure out what it means to be a good man in in the in the the moment when the world is changing, and they're being more serious. They're not. No one is talking about cannibalism. No one is talking. Outside of Uncle, Uncle provides comic relief, but is not like a primary interlocutor, so he isn't, like, constantly just riffing on whatever his core thing is. I mean, so finally you get to the to the end, and the the cops come for you, and you send your family away, and, you, you know, you tell your wife you love her, and you tell Jack, don't grow up to be like me. Don't listen. You take one lesson away from me. Don't grow up to be like me. And then they come, and you kill a bunch of them, and then they trap you in a barn, and then you get this pretty good final moment where you kick open the barn door and it goes into dead eye mode and you paint your targets and as you're doing your final blast they just shoot the shit out of you and it's a decent way to uh i mean the game like because it's I mean, this is a problem a lot of games have where it's like oh the character your character does incredible things and never dies and then yeah. oops a cutscene you know occurs and th- then that's when actual consequences so like the the existence of the dead eye mm. bit is at least a a a creative way to acknowledge, oh, to give the player an opportunity before the cutscene is going to actually instill consequences on the player and their actions. Because otherwise, you leave it and you go like, "That's not what I would have done." If it was just a cutscene, it's like I could have right, gotten yeah, out of there. It's just he out walks so out, shit. gets shot. If yeah. it would ring a lot more hollow, like giving the player one opportunity to go out guns blazing is like is is effective, even if it doesn't totally get over. That the idea that like only things that matter happen in cutscenes. What you do in gameplay is you get to be a superhero. Right, right. 
Um, and you get shot dead. And it's 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 less Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and more the toll booth scene from The Godfather. Mm. Uh, it is just like you get torn to fucking shreds, man. Yeah. Um, it's rough. It's rough out there. And he doesn't even uh, get like a why. Like he did, he no, gets no, no last words word out. It's just it's just. <laughs> fucking flop over there's no yeah. one out no no family coming out to cry over your body it's just bullets in your uh, lungs as the blood seeps in tries to raise his gun one more time yeah. falls wilbur ross takes a you know a, a, a smoke on that cigar puff on that cigar and then and then walks away no word spoken which which again is a is this thing that's in line with the the dutch monologue right like they're looking for another monster you're going to become their, their next monster but also positions the government as uncaring and and not even really rationally motivated in any way they don't owe you anything they don't owe you and they don't owe you shit monologue they don't owe you you don't get a final you don't get one they don't get one yeah Yeah. they don't need one yeah you're just another you're just another uh you know a piece of weed in the thresher right you're just one more one more thing the government's gonna stomp on they probably want to put a a highway through here (laughs) right whatever like that is the, the the kind of broad you know, emotional takeaway, certainly. Um, and that is when I was like, oh, man, good game, good game. Damn, good game. Because, again, this is like, you know, 23-year-old Austin. Unbelievable. I can't wait to go to grad school and have my mind exploded so that I can have be a better critic. But right now, I just think this is the best game that's ever been made. Uh, wow, it's, I can't wait for the credits to – why? oh, no, okay, I'm going to ride back now because it puts you back in the, the – the, control of jack marston now riding riding his horse you hear all the shots and abigail is like we ought to go back to your pa and so you ride back and you see him there and then it plays another song uh over over the brief cutscene of john's uh i almost said corpse it's not the corpse it's it's the the graveyard it's the it's the tombstone um Corpse, yeah, there's implied to be a well, we know there's a corpse there based on some stuff that happened in London <laughs> Nightmare. Um, True. and you, you, uh, you, you yeah, canon, exactly, <laughs> which is the canon alternate ending to so you, you end up, you know, you, you get your, your moment, and you know, oh man, yeah, John Marston's dead, and then it kind of pans over and time passes, and you see that Abigail gets buried it's next a to him. Slick edit. It, the slows the it's slow a slick zoom fucking out edit, of his man. grave to take in the yeah. row graves and the new oh, yeah of uncle and yeah and then and then you're Jack and then you're Jack with a really bad facial hair situation. What's what's um, this? Jack? Going into what's it. going on? Trying to I don't grow know, into dog. it. I don't know. He's party all the way around. You know, uh, party in the. He front, doesn't have his you know father to guide him, and so <laughs> his hair just went in the direction he's it just went. Work. He's got the it same did. haircut as his dad. Well, he's the same model as his dad, but he's like basically like some t- different texture swaps. But like he's got really yeah. similar, like not great, like limp wet curtains hanging down situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't like that phrasing at all. It's very Justin Bieber. Oh, All yeah. of a week ago, he shaved his. He shaved it. It's going Justin on. Justin Bieber Marston update. Shaved his head. Oh wait, we were How Jack two, Marston, two Bieber yeah. updates. Yeah, this is important. Two Bieber updates. Important. One continuity. One Bieber cut his hair. It's gone. Two buzz. Two wasn't Bieber eating that burrito. Was not true. At least that's, that's a story. What the media tells you. That's like yeah, hundred percent. We gotta, right. we gotta like handle this burrito situation. Like people are wondering, like, All right, where did is Justin things? okay? Like we just got to put out the story. That's looking like people. Justin, of course, Justin knows how to eat a burrito. Wait, no, there was a whole like YouTube scheme behind. Wait, was it? Wait, what? Wait, it was a YouTube. Yeah, it was a YouTube prank 
that wow. they were like, we're going to like our friend looks a lot like Justin Bieber. So we're going to dress him prank twice and then put him in a park this. that he'll definitely get <laughs> photographed in. And he'll eat the burrito sideways. And then they, oh. there's a whole YouTube video about the YouTube prank. YouTube pranks are bad, but that's good. I just I like the world in which that was Justin Bieber, and in the in the, like in his whatever his RV or wherever he's hanging out with his publicist, the he's like I don't know what's wrong with eating a burrito from the side, and his publicist is like shut up, go shave your hair. I'm gonna tell everybody with somebody else. You don't even fucking mention We're this again. Register a channel on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Justin, put this in your fucking hand. Eat it from the narrow end. I'm gonna put a picture of this on Twitter. We're gonna put this in the ground. Which side's the narrow end? You shut up. You know what the narrow end is. You stupid motherfucker. You take your hands off pain. that fucking seam. Don't you dare try to un- unravel that. God damn it. Put that fork down. <laughs> So, uh, you play as Jack Marston, as, as portrayed by Justin Bieber. God, Red Dead Redemption, the movie, Jack Marston, played by Justin Bieber. I can Give see it, it to me, Hollywood. Give I it to me. 100% could see Please. it. Please. <laughs> uh, so, the thing to remember about this, the thing that's important that I do, that you will not get if you've watched a, here's the wrap-up of what Red Dead Redemption is, movie on YouTube, is you just get put in the open world. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm back out here. Okay, cool. I've, I've played other open world games at this point. I can just go do, like, side stuff. And so you can. You can go finish up the stranger missions. And some of them even have unique dialogue where it's like, yeah, I, I knew your father and blah, blah, blah. Like, he helped me do X, Y, Z thing. Which and is a really neat me finish it. way to it's handle It's a really neat way to handle off. it. And the thing that is not, like, again, if you've watched the videos of this, it just looks like it happens very linearly. It would make you think, like, oh, I become Jack Marston, and then I get this point on my map. But you don't. You get, your map is the map that that, you're, that John had with all of the, anything unfinished that John had is still on the map. And then also there's one little purple question mark in town somewhere. I'm going to say it's in West Elizabeth. Um, and it takes you to somebody. I think it's I think it's one of the officers, uh, another federal federal officer who is like Jack. Kind of goes like, "Where is Edgar Ross?" And he's like, "Ah, you'd have to ask somebody else. You'd have to ask maybe his sister or something." And you go on this like multi step journey where you're going to his sister and then his brother, who are all out in the world. Those get added to your map, but each one just like directs you to the next one. And in the meanwhile, again, if you're playing this game the way I was playing this game, you're going hunting. You're you're wrapping up other storyline stuff the stranger missions and stuff. And finally you find Edgar Ross and he's just out fishing. Um, and you go up and he says, you know, uh, you say like you, you killed my father and God, what is his, what is his comeback? He has like some really shit eating thing that does anybody remember this? Um, I could find it. Hold on. I have it right here. That well, he says something like I'll kill yeah, you like, too. If you that, don't get out of here. Yeah, that's what it is. He's just, like, so dismissive. Um, and then it turns into this duel. Uh, and it's a duel it's of, of many duels you do in that game. If, you, if you've taken them, if you've gone down that path of the side quest stuff, uh, the open world kind of side challenge stuff, and you shoot him in the fucking face, uh, and Jack Marston turns and walks to the camera, puts you know lowers the gun, walks to the camera, and then we get this, like, smash Red Dead Redemption late, late title card cut to credits. That was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my fucking life a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is the fact that you just drop back into the open world to do this, and that you it has to be a self motivated thing. Is for me that whole final act is 
them figuring out the shit that I actually want to be doing in this open world, which is hanging out with characters I'm supposed to care about, seeing my character like be nice to people who want to be nice back and develop a relationship, uh, and then self self motivated uh, exploration and and investigation and action, right? Um, and it all gets at the very, very, very end, unfortunately, 30 hours after my first turret sequence. Uh, so, I yeah. Uh, uh, any, any you know, from those who played this game before, memories of this moment and this kind of whole epilogue, and, and for those who, who are just learning about it, thoughts? I remember when it came out not realizing, like, th- th- there was more stuff to do. Like, I was sort of just done with the sure. game. I was like, oh, I'm just kind of in it. And then, like, someone... I remember being nudged along by someone. I was like, no, 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 like, you should... You need to see like the la- like just do out the last couple of things and yeah the late title card was a very it's a trick but it was a very effective trick because I had mm-hmm. the same response of you it was just like again games don't do this and like that was that's the shadow that that game hangs over my memories of is just games didn't do this this game did it and it that papered over everything else about the game like i just the other stuff washed away like the bad mm-hmm. like the, the 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 meaningless open world like the the characters like irish like just got all swept under the ep- like the epilogue sweeps all that away like right. my memory of this video game is bonnie and then the epilogue like that right. that is what red dead redemption was this for me big, um and that's part finish, of why you know yeah it was 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 what made me think in the in my mind oh this was this game was wonderful, and to actually go back, it's like ah, actually there was like four to five hours that were really effective, and not surprising that, or maybe it is surprising that in retrospect, it's the hours that are most disconnected from like the quote unquote story that it's telling. Right. Though also it does the thing that Natalie talked about, which is really funny, which is you can't. Let's say you see Edgar off in the distance and you try to snipe him. That's a, that's a mission failure. <laughs> you have to go confront him. You have to go be like, I'm sorry, sir, but you killed my father, and I'm here to duel you respectably because my name is Jack Marston. I read it in my cowboy books. This is what <laughs> cowboys do. Um, you know, you, it is it is you can't do any of the shit that you can do with the people in the open world. Right? This is a game that famously and very shittily had an achievement for tying up a woman and putting her on the train tracks, right? Oh my god, I forgot about that. Did you that. forget about that? Yeah, yes. dog. Yeah, Again, dog. Again, my, my brain rot <laughs> like put, swept things in. Because that, that was actually like a legitimate controversy at the time. Yeah, um, people talked about it. Uh, was you that could, a part of the mission, or was that no, just, no, you, just if you grab I, a woman... <laughs> If you tie just pick up. a woman, tie her up, hog tie her. Put her on the train tracks. Put her on the train tracks. You know, the way villains It had do. to be a woman? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because oh, that's, yeah. the, that's the, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, oh, that The dastardly, she, the, like. Like, <laughs> like oh, the dastardly, okay. like, yeah, Wait, do you, oh. It's like you plucking from a cinematic stereotype. Does it? Or do you, like like the the train, train, yeah. you just remember. put her there and then you can go, like, one, one thousand, two, one thousand. You know what? I don't, I think you can leave. I don't remember. I don't remember. The point is, it's, the point is. It sucks. Uh, it was. It sucks. And at the time, people defended it because they were like, "Listen, when you make make it, would you rather just be achievements after every mission that you that you complete? No, this is a creative achievement. It makes you play out of the box. It gives you an incentive to do things you wouldn't normally do in the game." Whoa, you're just you're this quoting one of my game, old articles, my friend. Facts. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is the shit, right? That is what it was. Um, and so and so even here, like you can't hogtie Edgar Ross and, and put him on the train tracks, though I wish I could. Uh, um, that's a mission failure. So it's like it is. There is still that same tension that you identified earlier. Uh, in terms of like the systems driven open world promise versus the very linear story missions. Um, this also was just a thing that was happening in Rockstar games at this point. This is the weirdest deep cut, but I remember um, a, a thread from Sean Elliott at the time. I think he just left Games for Windows. Um, the magazine, um, aka and, and one op and, and Ziff. He just oh, loves to go Davis. to Irrational. To go to Irrational. I think he was talking about GTA 4 at the time, but he had this, this really insightful complaint that at the time I was like very defensive of GTA 4 because I really enjoyed it. Um, but he was saying like one of the biggest changes in that game is that the world state doesn't save between before you start a mission and after you start a mission. When you go back to play GTA 3, uh, Vice City, or San Andreas. You could fuck with the world in preparation for the mission. So, like, let's say you knew that your your next mission was going to be, like, a car chase, and you have to, like, kill no, these guys right, in this car. Right. You could blockade uh, the road down the street or an alleyway and then use that to get the result you want because, like, it's cut that chase short. But starting in GTA 4, Rockstar wasn't just like, oh, there's this will be a chase scene. There was like a big scripted like chase sequence with different plot beats inside of the, of the sequence and different quotes that they'd written. They really wanted you to see those quotes. And so anytime you started a mission in GTA 4, they just erased whatever you'd done in the nearby area, moving it away from that sandbox thing and towards this much more scripted open world game style. Um, and And this is one of those exact things, right? It's like, in the open world, you can do all these other things when you want to go confront someone. If you want to go take out a gang hideout, you can come at it from all these different ways. Do you want to use dynamite? Do you want to use this? Do you want to use that? And here in the moment where Jack Marston is is literally should be at his the height of his moment of agency. It is about him getting revenge the way he wants to do it. You don't have that option. And, and I mean, I think there is probably a case to be made that it's like, well, no, the player doesn't have that agency. Jack Marston has made up his mind. What he wants to go do is do what the Cowboys do in his books, which is go duel the man honorably while he's fishing as the sun is setting and it'll be a memorable moment just like it was in my pulp novels and that is that is what he does i, I get that Which argument so well the game should have vocalized it there's so many yes. monologues just have yes. jack just say have jack what say. like as you're walking over like get off the horse and it's like yes. he's because it. I'm, I'm sure he has to hype himself up right like you could imagine this being a moment of like deep he does not come across as, as a confident man like yeah. this is like his whole life is built to this moment. There easily could have been like a couple of lines where he has to psych himself up by walking through exactly what he wants to do. And then at least the game could both mechanically justify taking away actions from you, where it's mm -hmm. like, no, you can't do that um, in a way that at least fit the narrative a little more. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's open world games. have always, they, the, the, the idea of having dynamic systems interact with another are in direct contradiction with, linear storytelling yeah. and like those I mean those are still things those are things that like Red Dead 2 like takes broad steps to address in some interesting ways but like that that's always going to be like a very raw tension between those two gameplay styles totally but also why does Jack give uh uh Ross the 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 chance to duel him when fucking he just showed up with a fucking firing squad yeah. to his yeah. dad that's yeah, like that. that you like, I don't understand that, like, sort of, like, Jack is the honorable, like, if Listen, this he's is... from the old world, Natalie. He, he, he's carrying Dutch's mission forward. I, I, mean, I can imagine, like, from the, like, <laughs> if, you know, 
I can imagine why a son would want an explanation, though, right? Like, oh, yes, yeah. like it's an more, it's it makes more sense to like. I understand, like, him. like it's it's it's. You can get the hard time and get the explanation. Tie him to a fucking chair and like take out a kneecap <laughs> and be like, so let's That's discuss Arthur motivations. Would've, Arthur Morgan would have done that a hundred percent. Hell yeah. Uh, f- hell yeah! You're saying torture. you want those torture mechanics from GTA Five put back in Red Dead Redemption <laughs> oh used effectively God. here? Fuck this FBI agent! So, I don't give a fuck about him. I actually, this actually did frustrate me. Is like, it's a really tame revenge he gets. Like, I remember it as being a much like, I never got to this point the first time I played the game. I, I suspect one reason this game is so fondly remembered is because if you did play through it. This actually is a very artful yeah. ending compared to what you've gone through. Yeah. Like, it makes it feel like you've had an, an experience. And a lot of, like, all those weird loose ends and detours and just sluggish pacing all now feel retroactively like they've built to something. But... Well, and it, it, it also it also just briefly... The thing is, like, it gives you the moment of transition away from the height of the Dutch encounter. The entire final act. Like, I, I would kill... I wouldn't kill... <laughs> I would pay money for a download for DLC in Breath of the Wild. Tie. I would hog tie a man <laughs> and, and put him on the train tracks for a 3,000 count, for 1,000, 3,000 Mississippi, <laughs> and pull him off. If it meant that there was DLC for Breath of the Wild post the final confrontation of that game, that was you get to go back mm. to a farm and be a farmer for a little bit, and then Link gets killed, I guess, and then you get to play as what? baby Link. Whatever it <laughs> what? is. What about the what about the village? That would be thing? great too. You go back to when you yeah, start. You, the I did village. all that before my final confrontation. What is your Zelda canon? Ganon shows up. You have like, to read the, the we all Hyrule gotta come and kid. <laughs> what it is? It's my Zelda headcanon is that all Ganons are like the good Ganon from The Wind Waker. Where have you seen that final mm. speech, Rob? No. You don't. You don't know this. Is that the one where he's like the government? Oh, Zelda's government is coming to tame Hyrule, <laughs> and <laughs> we're a dying breed, Link. Basically, that's basic. Have you not? You okay? So. This is no. I don't so play the, Nintendo the, games. They're for babies. <laughs> you like Breath of the Wild. Shut the fuck up. He says. He says. This is what he says. My country lay within a vast desert. When the sun rose into the sky, a burning wind punished my lands, searing the world. And when the moon climbed into the dark of night, a frigid gale pierced our homes. No matter. No matter when it came, the wind carried the same thing: death. But the winds that blew across the green fields of Hyrule brought something other than suffering and ruin. I coveted that wind, I suppose, Marston. And then he kills you. That's what happens at the end of that. That's good. No, but like that is that is if I could get that DLC for, for Breath of the Wild, like Breath of the Wild just falls off a fucking cliff because you do the big final boss fight and then it puts you back in the open world and it's like, alright, game over, you did it, good job. Whereas this is like you fight Dutch and then you get this nice mm. come down sequence with, with the the farming and the family and then you get this big explosive finale and then you get another come down sequence. It's just like de escalation the denouement that just works. And here it, it you know, in so many other games it doesn't give you that. So I think you're totally right that this felt artful for that reason, because it one, it just it covers up it the top layer of the thing, it turns out, lets you forget a lot about the the stuff underneath well, it. Um and then yeah, and then and then and then finally, there's this moment that is like pulled right from the spaghetti westerns that it is aping the whole move, the whole the whole way through with this this like big, full color like final I mean, shot. I think it, like genuinely, I think it is artful. Like like I 
I am like I do not mm-hmm. like this game. I hate its worldview. I think this finale is actually really well done, particularly for its era. Like this is this is a bit of a leap from Rockstar at that point that like an audience is going to stick with this sort of undirected, uh, you know. Mm-hmm farming simulator sequence uh for like it's actually going to try to immerse you in the peaceable life of john marston for long enough for that to matter and feel like more than just a gimmick um and which is what he wanted the whole time like to see him act like to to see him pursue that the thing that he's been referring to um part of the thing that works about it is that he it's not clear if he likes it right mm -hmm. like that is the Here's the the most tragic read on this ending is there are moments there's a moment in one of those missions where you do see a bunch of train robbers um, or, or they might they're either cattle rustlers or I think that's a train heist you see a train heist in the distance and Uncle kind of like pokes at John and is like no now John we gave it up and John is like yeah I know you know I'm just living my life on the on the farm I don't I don't need to go rob people sure I just killed. 7,000 people with various Gatling guns scattered across this great land. But now I'm home, and I don't miss it at all. Not one bit. Not while I'm cleaning my gun. Not while I'm teaching my son to shoot and saying, no, don't be like me. Don't Whatever you do, don't be like me. A great hero, man. Don't, don't do this. What I would do if I had a chance to do it again. And then in the final moment, he gives himself. He, like, he could have left with them. You know what Back I mean? Way was open. He also could have ridden away. The, it was completely open. He stepped out to – he wanted to have this big final thing. I guess the most tragic reading of this is like, I'm not cut out for the next world. I hope my son mm-hmm. is. He reads those books about people like me, but I hope that he will grow up to not be like me. I think that is like where they want to go with that stuff. So I actually don't know that it is like the peaceable it – is, it is the peaceable thing, but it is also coming after a game in which they've convinced you, the player, that it's super exciting to shoot people. And oh, I don't know. That away from me you. of that. So I do think there's a <laughs> – they want to have convinced. They believe they have convinced you that like freezing time and getting seven headshots is really dope, you know. Um, so yeah, so that's that's my only my only pushback on that is there. But I yeah, think you're but, right more generally. Uh, but you were building to something else. No, Sorry, no, no. I keep um, interjecting. But I, I think it is striking me the degree to which I do find that revenge when I see it unfold, like just a little unsatisfying. Like the scale of revenge, the the way you handle this guy, the honorable duel. Like, at this point, I'm like, I mean, I'm not saying you should kill a guy's wife, but you could burn his house. But you do. You can. You can kill his whole family. You can kill the brother and the sister or the wife. Yeah. Right? I forget. Whatever whatever woman the game puts yeah. in front of you. Like, you know, that's... The familial woman. I don't remember woman. their relationship. Yeah, the familial woman. Just this exactly. whole, like... God. It, I don't know. That final exchange does feel so anticlimactic. And maybe there's something to be said for that, but, like... The fact that Ross basically, like, he's just an asshole. Like, he has nothing to say. And there's no meaningful exchange between him and and Jack. But it's not anticlimactic. Like, this is where it feels less artful, right? It feels disappointing. And not like you are in Jack's shoes and you realize that there was no good reason for any of this. There are no answers that are going to bring peace. There's going to be no justice in this situation. That's not how this ending feels. It feels like you run across... Just an old shithead retired from his job where he was a professional douchebag. And you're like, why are you why are you such a dick? And he's like, fuck you. And you shoot him. <laughs> right, which, which contrasts so much with the pregnant pause at the end of the, the Marston death. Where he like raises the gun to almost say something and then he lowers it. And then 
or with Dutch. Yeah, same thing, right? Both of those sequences end with silence that works. This one is it ends with words that do not yeah. work. They should have just said nothing. They should have just again just made eye contact. I'm Jack Marston. Boom. Their... Smash cut. Boom. Smash cut. Yeah, exactly. Motherfucker. <laughs> That's what he says. That's because he likes hip hop music because he's from the younger generation. <laughs> he's also in uh, just also because he's Justin Bieber. Also and Justin Bieber. He just... <laughs> yeah, he shoots him. Yeah. Pulls out a burrito. Takes a uh, bite. Takes a big it's like Despacito, bitch. Pronounced wrong. Discussion of Red, of Red Dead, Dead Redemption. Redemption. Like, can we just talk briefly about about Undead Night? We should, We're let's take, to take a, break. a break. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. This is one way longer than I thought it would. We had a lot to say. Take a break, and then we'll come back and, and finish talking about Undead Nightmare. Brb. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's no like abbreviation for back. Is it just B? Is just B? If you're like BRB and you come back, you don't type like. You always just say back. back. Right back. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Back. Right. Look, Kato did it right here. Back. Yeah, it's true. That just happened. <laughs> Hell yeah. Perfect. Okay. Back. Yeah. Thank you, Kato. Um. So, undead nightmare. Undead nightmare. I didn't play this when it came out. Here's what I remember hearing. This is really uh-huh. cool. This is like yep. so unique. Uh, it's actually kind of spooky. Um, it's, I, I mean, I've heard like the best DLC content ever made thrown around. I mean, I've only heard that from Patrick, uh, but, you know, <laughs> I remember really damn. liking it. I, I didn't up play, and put I didn't one of the train it. tracks. I, God damn. Uh, I, I remember really liking yeah. it at the time. Um, and also horror at that scale sure. was like unique. Um, it, you didn't see stuff like, so the idea that like Rockstar was going to make horror was like, like really exciting to me. Um. Uh, but uh, yeah, the only, all the kids I was able to do on that was to watch the intro and then the Sasquatch, the Sasquatch stuff sequence. Here's the basic. Here's the basic setup as a game. Let me talk about story stuff. Basic setup as a game uh-huh. is there's a zombie outbreak everywhere across the entire map. Um, each major settlement has like a safety meter that you can fill when you get there by killing zombies and by giving ammo to people. Um, you can no longer shop for stuff, so the only ammo you get is from looting corpses, uh, specifically corpses that are wearing ammunition belts, or from finding chests in the open world. Um, when a town is safe, it will sometimes have like a side mission for you, and those side missions tend to be a kind of like check in with the local NPC. There is not like a th- there is a through line. There is a big final confrontation. There is like a big there is a plot that has to do with ancient Aztec magic. Uh, there's a mask involved. Um, it does the thing that happens in media and games sometimes, where there's like a secret NPC in every cutscene. Do you read about this? There's like there, no. there's an ancient Aztec goddess who is in the entire game in the background is a different NPC the whole time. It's like the same face, but like oh. sometimes she's a nun and sometimes she's a villager. She's always there. What? The that sounds fuck? great. 
Uh-huh. Uh, and so the stuff that's interesting is, like, the systems-driven stuff where, like, Red Dead Redemption as a game is there's kind of two modes. There's three modes of action. There's riding on a horseback and shooting someone. There's taking cover and shooting someone. And there's Gatling guns. Those are the three types of action you get. Maybe the occasional fist fight in like a story beat, but mostly those are the three types of action, like on foot, behind a Gatling gun, and on a horse. Here, there's like you you can be on a horse, you can be on foot, but like there's no cover. There, you're not there's zombies that are charging you, so there's not much of like oh I'm gonna duck behind here and recover health. Um, there's the addition of this like torch that does a lot. You're doing a lot more melee fighting, um, and the the sense that these that these towns are 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 not just settlements that you make safe and then they're good. Over the course of play, they become more and more endangered, and you have to kind of sweep back through and help them fight off the zombie hordes again. And that stuff is all I think pretty interesting, at least as far as an experiment goes. As far as like experimental DLC, I think that's a cool concept. Um, narratively, I don't. Here's what sucks. Yeah, man. Go ahead. What sucks? The whole story <laughs> sucks. Um, it opens with... it. Op- it's, so it opens in the final act of Red Dead Redemption. You're back home. John's riding home. John's ri- it's a storm. It's a s- stormy night. night out there. There's a weird dog rides come, around. Come on in. Where's Uncle? I don't, I don't mm. know. Where could he be? Probably drunk somewhere. That sounds like Uncle. All right. What are you, what are you, re- what are you reading about? Jack? I'm reading about uh, the undead. Ancient Aztec blood god moves. Agent, agent <clears throat> magic. Ah, oh, that's some silly stuff. Jack, you don't Jack. stay up too late now. Abigail, let's go to bed. And then you just get a... All their right. bed is big. They got a big bed. <laughs> they got a fucking they huge bed. They rich as shit. Um, yep. And the the curse comes. Knock, knock. Oh, it's uncle in his underwear. Uncle, go home. You're drunk. Oh, wait. You're biting my wife. You're not drunk. You're eating my wife. It's Natalie okay. right Stop yeah. eating my wife. Sh- <laughs> well, the whole thing that John no-sells all of this. He's like, come on, Uncle. What did I say about eating my wife? <laughs> She's like completely <laughs> detached. It is so... It is so... There's like no like drama. He's like, ah, oh, not this shit again. Like, like, going for a like, B-movie style. I don't know that it lands. He, t- he ends up... He, so, both Abigail and Jack end up bitten. He tie he hog ties them both. He hog ties. <laughs> the, I think that I think that opening bit works pretty well. The, the bit that like, hey, works to me is the don't bite don't, don't bite, bite each other. All right, in, I'm gonna go I'm figure gonna this put thing you in out. The bedroom with some <laughs> looks steaks. like you got a fever. <laughs> like got a- steaks and the steaks look cooked. <laughs> he, like he cooked them. them. They're not raw. God. It's not raw flesh. Like he he went to the barbecue. He went out to like ah. Oh, we got those steaks. My, my in the wife ice likes box. them. Well done. I'll I'll put them up right now. I'll marinate them real quick. Toss them up. Give him a good flash fry, you know. Um, and then you take off into the open world and you, you go down to West Elizabeth. You go, you go through, through each of the main cities and, and, and settlements. Yeah. Um, I really, my hope for this had been, I think probably because of the, what the cover art is, I was like, oh shit, we're finally going to get more Bonnie and and uh, Marston. And we are not going to get, we're, you get like one quest with every major NPC, basically. You get, yeah, it's like, hey, that's that that guy from the game. Yeah, yeah. It, that That's like what every encounter feels like. It's like, remember oh, me? Yeah. I'm still around. You, and then you kill someone who they knew. And it's like, oh, no, it's sad. I yeah. had to kill that person you knew. Um, the big plot stuff in this game is like opening early on. You learn that people blame. Fuck. People blame Nigel West, West Dickens 
who is the the like con man uh snake, snake oil. oil salesman um the guy with the glass eye who i had forgotten entirely until i had to look it up and i was like oh right that is um uh seth who who robs oh. graves the thing he got was yeah. that guy's glass eye um, but in fact the true perpetrator is javier escuela <laughs> Uh, is it Javier or is it no? Sorry, it's Re- is it Reyes or is it? It might be Reyes. I think it's Reyes who dug too deep. They built the palace on ancient Aztec burial ground, y'all, uh, and found this mask which was supposed to give him power. And instead, it raised. He was going to become immortal. He was going to become immortal. He was yes. like searching for immortality yes. and found this mask. Yeah. And he was so, so broken you know, about Luisa that he was like, "I got to God." Bring we didn't back even fucking the... talk about Luisa. Fuck, man. Mm. Luisa deserves so much better than this game gives her. You mean Laura? Uh, yeah, it fucking sucks. Yeah, oh my god. What a... It fucking, it fucking sucks. sucks. It sucks because, like, there is this one character who believes in shit in this game, and they kill her off and then make her a punchline super quick. It's like, it is a weird sort of fridging in that it is not about fridging her to give anybody motivation killing her off to give someone else motivation it's killing them off so that they can vilify someone but not even vilify her killer but to vilify a dude who doesn't really give a shit about her it's the grossest um anyway in undead nightmare he is he has wants immortality and blah 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 um I think a lot of that story stuff falls flat. I think it provides a lot of the same service that something like the Citadel DLC for Mass Effect 3 is supposed to provide, which is like, I like these characters. I want to spend more time with these characters. And so I imagine if I played this back then, I would have fucking loved it because I did want to spend more time with those characters at that point. Mm. Um, it was just like, I didn't have an opportunity to. It would be cool to be able to do that. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, that, that I didn't get to play it then. There is there is a sort of I, I'm Patrick. Do you want to talk about the Sasquatch mission? There was just this piece written about this in Polygon, so I was like, oh shit, this mission sounds like it could be a big thing. Uh, do you want to explain what that mission is? Yeah, uh, well, I only saw, the, the setup is basically like go hunt the Sasquatch. Like they're eating, they're eating babies. Babies. That's bad. Don't do, that's why. Um, they, that's why so, zombies. Yeah. So you got to the mountains and you start hunting. At, you know, hunting Sasquatch just as though they're any other creature, a coyote or something else, just to be on your, um, you know, a checklist to have as something that you both finish as a mission as, you know, something you can say you hunted. Um, and then the last, you know, it's like, oh, go hunt the last one. And then the last one you come across is, like, the game slows down. It's sitting next to a tree. Uh, it's weeping, and it can speak mm-hmm. English uh, and explains that, they only like in full sobbing, like asks for Marston to kill him because you've hunted down my whole family. I'm the last of my kind. Life is not worth living, uh, and we don't eat babies. We eat fruit and like twigs or whatever. What like you know, the and, fuck? yeah. You, you didn't you watch, watch this? the clip when you get a, when you get a chance. You should watch it. It's it's like it's bizar- totally it's bizarre. So bizarre. And, uh is also one of those things that, like, was very memorable. Is I think part of, like, when we talk about things that, like, overshadow the rest of an experience, like, I remember this sequence in particular overshadowing a lot of Undead Nightmare where it was just like, what the We are fuck? the walking dead. Um, you know? Makes you think. <laughs> I, which is, like, makes you think. it's a drag, right. but it's... I think I think it's still, like, a pretty, it, like, it's it's bad, but... I, I'm sorry, I'm saying like, my still, dunking I, I, is... I, 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 like, I, I, it's frustrating because 
my impulse when I finally did this, so I saw that Rox, or I saw that Polygon piece last week, and I'm not, I, I, I'm uh-huh. not dunking on the writer of that piece, who probably had a really memorable time, and then years later they were doing a big package, and they was like, all right, who has fucking anything to write about Red Dead Redemption One? We need to fill out this package. I filled out. I, I've done this job. Right. Where it's like, all right, yeah, write that editorial. Like it'll take you an afternoon, put together 800 words about this mission you really liked. But it is so hard to go to that mission today and be like, have it held up as as like a a, a high watermark in some sort of storytelling moment that makes us remember our humanity. It, It feels so parochial and so like. Like it literally feels like a story you read in high school, that is like, or or maybe not even in high school. Feel you know what it feels like? It feels like a very good episode of Batman the Animated Series, or an okay episode of Batman the Animated Series. The takeaway is the monster isn't a monster at all, but we are the monsters for believing the myth that there were that they were monsters to begin with. And I'm not saying that that's not a lesson that needs to be like in our culture, um, but it it is delivered so tonally, so strangely, in such like a. And even it's not like Marston uh, in the sequence itself Mm-mm. is reflective or apologetic. He like in the same B movie like uh, apathetic fashion about like his son and his wife t- trying to eat each other is like you eat babies. What are you talking about man? What? <laughs> yeah. B- what, bro? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. huh? Um, and even at the end when and and like the the Sasquatch's delivery like. Yeah, as far as acting goes, like it's pretty effective. Like if you isolate that particular sequence, it I think it is like effective and interesting. But it's like Marson is also in the background. Like, ah, what? Huh? What? What no are you talking? What, what are you talking about, Sasquatch? Like, and even at the end, where like you have a choice where you can kill him or you can walk away to essentially it's the damn last him. Sasquatch. And it's, it's, you know, yeah. It's damning this creature no, no matter what you do. Um, like I have to. Go back. I remember laughing watching the the video of it, which is like because it ends with like the Sasquatch uh, sobbing up against the tree, and then you can either kill it or not kill it. Um, and Marston is just like, huh? Got got well, a choice on my hands. Mmm. Like yeah, and it's just it's just strange because it's not it's not like there's a if you're gonna close the loop on that, like Marston has to have some sort of like reflective moment over it and the game just does not make any attempt it's to so do weird that because like at I, all. when i hear moments like um, that spoken about as if they're like true art while i watch them they feel like tekken 2 endings i just feel like deeply dissatisfied tekken 3, tekken 3 te- they all had I mean, endings tekken 3 tekken, had they all had endings, but tekken 3 is the one that true. like that's had true. like 80 that's characters true. That's definitely, like, I get all there could endings. be a sasquatch ending in tekken 3 and i just 100 percent could be there's a raptor yeah, ending. Yeah, because there was a, a raptor ending. There's a whole bunch. Um, but that is like, like, oh, yeah, word. Yeah, cool. Let me hit, let me see the credits and start playing over again as martial law. Anyway, uh, Natalie. That sounds like such, like, an exploitation of a, or like a, a bl- I don't know, like, blasphemizing of a moral moment in the sense. Like, What's I, the I mission called? The uh-huh. beginning of the conservation movement? Because you get sent out to... Rob, Rob's sadly kick after the podcast, but I said that Rob's eyebrows lifted and then just a, just a, just a head nod, just just a deep back and forth. It was they are um, who we thought they were. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. wow, that's good. Um, pull. Yeah, so I, I I this whole project, this whole process has been a super important and like grounding one. 
uh, in some ways it's made me more confident about some stuff, right? Like, I remember this time last year, I think, Rob, I was talking about how much I love Breath of the Wild still, and saying it was one of my favorite games of all time, and you were like, of all time, really isn't a little too soon? And I, I held my ground there, I said, no, it's not. And I was right to, because that game is still fucking good. But, in general, I think it's a, this whole process has been a great reminder to be, like, really, not cautious, but critical and thoughtful about your own context and, like, re- really try to identify why something is working in its time. And that doesn't mean not to enjoy the stuff, but, like, to be like, okay, the reason I like this is because, like, everything that came before has not been doing this thing, but to be careful of that next step where you go, like, and that's why I'm going to slot it in as the best this could be forever. Um, right, like, it's, it's, it is defense, like, I defend my deep appreciation for this game mm-hmm. at that time. And sometimes it's not sometimes it's not worth going back to re, to revisit a game. Like not every game is worth revisiting or like re, reframes your your thinking of that game. Sometimes things are products of their time in in a way that like doesn't provide you any sort of interesting insight into where we are now. But I think Red Dead is like an exception to that. Like Red Dead is a game I think especially cuz like Dawson and I represent this viewpoint of people who are like one of the greatest games of all time. Like what what an experience. And then going back and playing it has yep. just just it's it's really interesting to see both how far we've and I I mean we in like a broader sense like we like me like how far I've come how far like games have come um or haven't come in in other ways but it is a game that was so much more product of its time that it is worth revisiting especially if you're someone like us that like I really loved that game like go you may go back and you may find things you still love about it and you'll you can find ways to justify that position and maybe that'll be fair but it is one of those games that's worth going back and reinterrogating why you think it's great because especially if you're going to start and as we've seen with the release of red dimension 2 where there's a lot of you know eulogizing and and a lot of nostalgia for that game that i don't know you know i can't i'm not going to indict everyone across the board but my, my guess is given these people work jobs just like me and don't have the time to go replay games a lot of it's based yeah. on your memory of the thing than it is based on a re-experiencing of the thing um and this is a game that i think is is worth re-experiencing if you have the time maybe not replaying the whole thing even just playing a couple of hours would be enough to be yeah. like yeah. you get okay. to mexico you know okay. what you're in for especially if you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, Rob and Natalie, any final thoughts on all this? Natalie made a face. It's a good final thought. This is, a, this is the pregnant pause. I should be quiet. We should just... I'm going to clutch my chest. and step backwards. We'll fall over the edge of this podcast. <laughs> um... <sighs> this just ain't it. This ain't it, partner. For me. Chief, this ain't it, partner. Like, I don't know. I just, I... (gasps) It just, I... God. There were... There was just no... If there had been any moments, or if I had gotten the chance to experience during my gameplay of, like, at least... 20 hours um any moments that felt like significant reflection or significant introspection or that I was 
as a as a character as the character that I was playing learning something about the world around me rather than just learning like I felt like I was just learning Uh. information but I was not putting anything into context like I was learning the whereabouts of the next person that I have to chase or I was learning uh uh you know oh this person is with this person but there was no context given to that and 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 like you said Patrick I fear that that playing through Red Dead 2, I just started it, um, is going to give me, I just, I I would be, oh God, I don't know. I just really fucking <laughs> hated this game. Like, it just wasn't fun. It, like, it, there was nothing about it that was fun for me. Like, chasing down hard to read, hard to see uh, animals and, and skinning them just to sell them without putting them towards any use like not using the resource as a resource was was fell flat for me like that wasn't deep the gameplay the actual action wasn't deep for me just just treating every enemy as a duck in a shooting gallery was exhausting and made me feel gross all the time and I just didn't think that John Marston had any sort of like I was trying to play as the good uh-huh. cowboy, right? So I was like doing tasks for people, but that was me. That was not John Marston. That was me forcing John Marston to, you know, help out the girl. And he's like, ah, <laughs> oh, all right, I guess I'll saddle up and head to get you some medicine or whatever. Like that was me pushing my own sense of who I wanted to be in this world onto this person who was so unwilling and could not give less of a shit what I decided. One way or the other. Like, either way. Yeah, so it was... I don't know. It It is fair to dislike shit, to hate shit. Like, that is not a... There's not a thing anyone should feel guilty over. Because, like, that is how you end up getting in the situation where you silence yourself as a critic and where people around you are like praising a thing that clearly has a ton of flaws and you just have to be like, all right, I don't want to be the party pooper. So I'm just going to be sitting over here. Hell yeah. I'm not afraid to be a party pooper. Rob Zachney, are you afraid of of raining on parades? Anytime. Uh, You know, I try to be respectful of all my peers, uh, perspectives I disagree with. Um, you know, I so generally, I, like my position is let people have their fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you don't need to think too deeply about things. Uh, but I suppose if I did have to like have some sort of like concluding thought about the way Red Dead is remembered, wind up. Uh, I think it is also a product of the tremendous deal of uh, cinema envy mm. uh, that informed games production criticism uh, at, at the time. And and still does, but I, I feel like that wave has has crested, and maybe lifted a little bit. Um, but this game in particular feels like it is successful at reminding you of movies that people agree are classics. Yeah. That Red Dead Redemption mm. is a pastiche of important movies, and, movies yeah. that everyone says are good and therefore are, and that good. makes this important too by the transitive property. Right. And I feel like the Emperor, like in, in this case, the Emperor never was wearing clothes. Like coming at this, it was the, exactly the same game I remembered from 10 years ago and the exact same game I quit. 
uh, 10 years ago, just kind of frustrated uh, because it, all it can ever do is say like, Hey, remember that scene in outlaw Josie Wales? Hey, remember that scene in good, the bag and the ugly, good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, Hey, remember like that's all it has. Which many of its players do not remember those scenes. Right. And that is part of the thing that's so frustrating about this is I think the first time I felt it was I tried to replay Vice City in college, and in between having played Vice City for the first time and having replayed it, I had gone on to, like, see a lot of the works that it was referencing, and seeing all of the the knockoff, you know, characters and sequences and... There's a moment. There's, there are moments that go beyond reference and to to if not plagiarism, then like the laziest sort of. Name lazy isn't the right word because I'm sure work hours are put in to write those scripts and animate those sequences also, right? But the 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 least interesting, the least um, is completely devoid of a sort of creative spark or an original spark of trying to understand a setting. Uh, and how to how to use it to create something new, and and even how to understand conventions and tropes, and how to blend them into something and synthesize something into something new. What your particular take is on it, when all you're doing is using building blocks that that are you know comprised of, of past things, and then you're selling those, you're selling that that whatever you've made to people who maybe haven't seen those things. It ends up feeling kind of disingenuous. Right. It's like there are so many things that are offered up in this game that the hope is people recognize the reference. Yeah. They don't need to have seen the reference, but like you need to like, you need to have seen you know, the, the Missouri Simpsons Boat episode ride. that has referenced it at least. Mm. Right. Right. You've, you, you, you've seen, uh, you know, you, you've seen at least a shot of Clint Eastwood standing over his wife's grave in unforgiven. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen unforgiven, but you're at least aware that like, yeah, that was the sad Western, right? Sad the one that one. was like, you know, kind of dark about like the Wild West and all that stuff, and that's kind of what this game is cynically cashing in on again and again. And I think what is so deeply frustrating about it, and this is where I think it really like this is why I think it is useful to like have played Gunslinger, for instance, um, and have that as a point of comparison, because that was you know. Call of Duty's Gunslinger is a much less prestigious game, mm-hmm. right? It is not. It is. It is basically a, a B game. But that is a game that is also aware of these tropes, is also aware of the myths and legends of the of the Wild West, but is interested in sort of taking them apart a little bit, sort of like looking critically at them and questioning. Maybe like maybe like. You know, that line in Liberty Valance, uh, you know, you have to choose between, uh, what was the le- the truth and legend, print the legend. Um, Gunslinger's position is kind of, well, there is no truth there. The, the, like, they're both versions. The, both versions are legends. We haven't actually even told a real story. We, we've elided the real story and created a lot of self-serving, self-mythologizing uh, about this that it is worth looking at critically and maybe forgetting, maybe realizing that's all an illusion. Red Dead could do that but instead it chooses not to instead at every turn it echoes a better work from another medium and then it concludes basically with the lesson that well i guess the government is no good and you should just be as cynical as possible and out for yourself all the time the it is i'm so curious to see how red dead 2 wraps up the 
point that I'm at now feels like, I mean, again, I wrote this, uh, uh, this piece today about friction um, and the friction I feel in it, but there's a specific tension in, in what you just suggested, Rob, between the history of cinema and the desire to, the, the kind of cinema envy, the desire of that team and specifically critics and also the wider games culture to have the prestige and also the language of film. Um, there are there are moments in that game where it feels like they're finally broken out of it a little bit, um, where they let the camera of the game be the one that they want to paint with. There was a moment where I was walking up to uh, Leopold Strauss in Red Dead Redemption 2, who is the kind of lone shark of the gang. They were just seated on a rock or a little stool looking out over the plains, and he was framed and you know it wasn't a storm rolling in but it was a it was a very cloudy sunset um and there was a tree to his right and and that space felt composed like a photograph that i was moving through um and but i had control i could frame it myself i could walk away i could talk to pearson off to the side who was cutting up some some meat it was still in the game world and that was a moment that felt like that team had understood that to push forward was to move away from that pure cinematic language and towards this this ludic or gamic language. And then I walked up to talk to him, and the black bars came in, and like all I it was all I could do to to not think about the opening of the of Jason Schreier's piece at Kotaku about how those black bars and all of the cutscenes were added after weeks and weeks and weeks of extra work that were added that were added to people's time well past when they had weeks and weeks to do so they had to crunch to to add these black bars and create this ultra widescreen cinematic feel which we talked about at length on Monday's podcast so I'm not going to go back into it but it was just like that that internal struggle over like should this be cinematic or should this be a video game is not that those two things are not that there's a binary there, but like they build the binary every time they decide they want there to be mm. something cinematic instead of just letting. And yeah. They close totally, out. The exactly. Um, and so I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that game shakes out. I, I also think it's clear that they are, it's not clear. It's not clear whether or not they that, that is a game that is a response to the sort of cynicism of Red Dead 1 yet or not. There's a lot of that same stuff around the natural world. Um, we're going to do a letter series between, I think, at least Rob and, and Patrick and I. Natalie, if you are playing, please let me know. And, and if you want to join in on that, please. Um, you know, but, but we will dig into all that stuff over the next week or so. Um, should have the first entry in that going up this week. So look forward to that. Uh, other than that, we're gonna have the rest of the the remainder of the week be be pretty cool. We, tomorrow we have uh, a an episode of Waypoint Radio on Lovecraftian horror um, because I think at least two of you did Rob, I you Call both, of wait, one more time. What was that? That's not it. Call of I think he meant it to be pronounced Clue, clue Who, clue. according to a YouTube video I watched about uh, Lovecraft. The city of Raleigh. Raleigh. Eject from this. I can't deal. The underwater city in Clue. Raleigh. Raleigh. Clue. That's it. That was actually accurate. You can't pronounce it. Is the thing. That's the whole thing. You can't. Our our meager. Right. It's a horror beyond imagining. But I suppose if I had describe it. It would be a really big fishy thing that looks sort of like a person, but anyway, it humped a rock and then it left. <laughs> I see you've been reading really some Lovecraft. And I just had craft. to keep taking. I just had to keep taking morphine. I just had uh, to do it because I couldn't handle uh-huh. it. Uh huh. The horrors of modern life, Rob. 
the horrors of of globalization <laughs> by way of HP Lovecraft. Can't wait to that is that this. is where that dude's head is at. Uh, I'm Austin Walker. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can we find you, Natalie? Uh, you can find me on Twitter you, at Rob? Natalie Watson. Uh, you can ex- uh, you can find me exploring the frontier, uh, that wild unclaimed land that didn't belong to anybody, <laughs> and was uh, just here for us to explore our freedom and individuality in. Patrick Klepek. Loud. It did. The you got to play some quiet man. Lot. My mentions are. We heard a story up. about that. Good John Wayne movie. Problematic, but good. Oh my god. We heard a story about the. Hey, the I quiet watched. Man Don't breathe. We've got to confirm because I'm excited. I. We have to confirm that, Patrick. We okay. don't even allude to it because it's. Look into it for me. It's good, but we should. Yeah, we should. We uh-huh. should uh, yeah. We we <laughs> lost the dialogue. Consequences from my actions. Recording video <laughs> sessions, and this game's got a ship. Uh, I, oh my so god! So here's my idea. Bear with me here. The quiet man. Uh, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I am responsible for the. Uh, yeah. the if you, when you beat that game a second time, you unlock the subtitles for what he's saying. I'm convinced. I have right, nothing to back right, this up except right. my own intuition that that only exists well, because I made a point about that. You can anyway, follow, we'll, we'll invest. Maybe we can yeah, bring you this can follow to uh, all circle our news on, on the Quiet Man over at twittercom waypoint at waypoint.vice.com. <laughs> waypoint Vice over on Facebook. Shoutouts to Bowen for letting us use the track "Miss You," which I believe is still is that the music for this, or are we onto a mellow thing for one ones? I forgot if we switched over. If it's if it's mellow, it's to mellowmix.bandcamp.com. Shoutouts to everyone. Shoutouts to music. Shoutouts to Shout music. Shoutouts to sound. Shoutouts to nature. It's me, Dutch, and I got a new YouTube channel. <laughs> I want that game really bad. Um, uh, shout outs to, to Bowen for this. You can track you up the EP panel machine. Find out more about that. Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. And I want to leave you with this. As, as John Marston famously said, you can only shit on people so many times before they decide it's their turn to pull down their pants. Peace. Well, he's just quoting Abraham. Right, that's Lincoln, I think. Right after Gettysburg. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Damn. I hate this. Hey guys, it's Dutch here with Vandervids. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the government and its expansion into the West. Dutch Vanderlyn, head of the sovereign citizen movement. Dutch Vanderlyn says you can't be arrested. Legally, you can't be arrested. They can't arrest you legally. What is money anyway? It's What nothing. is money? Now listen, I pay my rent. That's because I've decided as a sovereign citizen to make an agreement, a contract, with this other individual. You can't tax that money. Okay. That's my money. Let me explain it. A lot of you have been asking, Dutch, why do you pay rent to a landlord? Aren't you a free man? Well, if you consider that that landlord made Mm -hmm. improvements to the land, it is his land now. That is why it is his and it does not belong to the tribe that used to live here. A noble tribe. Don't get me wrong. We could learn a lot from the people who used to live here, but they're not here now. 
We're here now. Fucking, I swear to God. Dutch Vanderland took over a nature reserve. <laughs> and, ugh, all right. He's a fucking, that he's is a fucking what he Bundy. Is. That's, That's what he thing. fucking is. That's like literally, well, no, like him and yeah, the McFarlands right. too. Yes. The, like the McFarlands, like the great grandchildren of like Bonnie McFarlane or whatever are going to be taking over a while. A hundred percent. Hands down. Like, like our family, this is our family's land. Yes, we started a bunch of wildfires with uncontrolled burns, but that is our right. <laughs> As Americans. There's something about the framing and the phrasing on that that brought me uh, back around to wanting to read it as, now listen, Skip, <laughs> you know how I feel about the McFarland family. <laughs> we're, we're tight, Skip. Well, hold on, though. We almost have the listen-skip exchange at the start of Red Dead when they're talking about how the Indians have been removed from the territory, where the guy's like, now... I do not approve of the way the U.S. Army removed the tribes from this region. It was rough compared to the way they have done it but, in other regions. But all right, we have to stop this right now. Bye. Let's. We should. We should go right. and send Kato our files. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.